0: What up, Sam? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Sam? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So we're here. Episode two. Tale of the tapes. Um, I want to say, first of all, that that beat for the intro is by a producer named Syndrome. Um, I came across it on YouTube, it was a free download, I downloaded it, um, I followed a couple of the links that were on there to try to contact him about using it, even though I know it was a free download, um, that doesn't always mean everything, so, but some of the links that I was going to from his page was not working, so, um... I may have to switch that beat at some point, I hope not, because it's a dope beat, so shout out to him, but, uh, I gotta try to, I'll I'll try again over the week to get in contact with him and make sure it's cool to use it or whatever, but, um, so, I know that I mentioned this before, but I just wanna point out again that I'm new to podcasts completely, like, I don't, I don't even really listen to them, um, and I definitely have never made one, so, this is you know a work in progress. Uh, bear with me, appreciate you tuning in and shit. Um, I want to say that things have already changed since from the first episode to this episode. Um, there's already been, A couple of people that I listened to over the past week, a couple of, you know, people that were already done that I had to go over because they had an album that came out last year or whatever the case was, um, and their scores got altered. So there's already been changes, and I haven't even listed any people and where they're at yet. So let's get started on that today. Um, Today we're covering the Sugar Hill Gang and Curtis Blow uh as i mentioned in the intro podcast we we're gonna do this in chronological order because any other way really it wouldn't it wouldn't work out it wouldn't make sense things would keep getting changed too often and just everything would be out of whack so um let's start off with the sugar hill gang who had their debut album in 1980. The members of the Sugarhill Gang are Master G, Wonder Mike, and Big Bank Hank. Okay, um... They're from Englewood, New Jersey. Uh, their genre is listed as hip-hop. Years active are listed as 1979 to 1985. And then 1994 to present. Um... Let me tell you a little bit about the Sugar Hill Gang before I give any of my thoughts um, or what I heard when I listened to the Sugar Hill Gang. So, the Sugar Hill Gang is an American hip-hop trio. Their 1979 hit, Rapper's Delight, was the first rap single to become a top 40 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. This was the trio's only U.S. hit, though they did have further success in Europe until the mid-1980s. The trio reformed in 1999 and did a world tour in 2016. So, listen, there probably really isn't many people that listen to music, period. Hip-hop or no hip-hop. There probably isn't really that many people that don't know the song Rapper's Delight. So, obviously, that right there says something. They were, you know, the first rap single to become a top 40 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, They're going to get a good impact score, obviously. So what I want to do real quick is I want to try to kind of give somewhat of an example. And um, Nick Balls, who was on the first episode with me, shout out to him again. Um, He recommended that I should probably uh, play a song by the artist and kind of you know, dissect it as we're going along. So what I figured I would do was I have these lists, these playlists of these artists, um, and that's how I've been listening to them. So I'm going to go to the playlist and I'm going to randomize it and I'm going to see what song comes on. And I'm going to sit here and and we're going to listen to it and give an example of what goes on in a song like this and how it's judged okay so hit that and the song is the word is out obviously by the sugar Hill gang okay first of all you can you can tell by the way they're rapping how how and why Sugar Hill gang was judged. As a group, people didn't get individual scores. Um, They go back and forth with almost every line. They do this a lot in songs. Um, There really wasn't any separation to be caused with them. Uh, We'll get into that in a bit. Okay, so let's pause right there for a second. Um, now, clearly, this music is made for a particular purpose, um, this is for people that are, you know, want to dance, or want to have a good time, or whatever, the lyrics, for the most part, in, in groups, and people like these, uh, you know, kind of about the same thing, getting up and dancing, and having fun, etc., but, you can see that a lot of the, or probably all of the lines, are uh... you know only one syllable and one rhyme per bar so you have lines like we don't need to brag it's plain to see that our music has high velocity so velocity you got a multi-syllabic word there but only the last syllable is rhyming with the bar before it and again only one rhyme per bar so they're not saying anything that's terrible. they're making sense they're you know they're rapping about a certain thing um, but it's it's very basic. so let's continue on with that. <laughs> So you could see how even this hook right here is, you know, more of a band style of a thing where it's, you know, a solo here with instruments. Also, in these times, the songs, these songs are a lot longer than they are today. okay i want to touch on that right there because you got a little bit of a different different rhyme scheme there uh than you've had prior prior to this you had one bar one rhyme single syllable bang straight to the point very simple um this one was a little bit of a, of a longer... Like a loop around. A long time pass since we've been on. Now... On the other one... They would have rhymed the next bar with that right there. With whatever you want to rhyme with on. Um, but instead here... They did a long time pass since we've been on. People said you lost your touch. But you never could keep a good man down. So we came back in the clutch. So... They're not rhyming other things here because you have the first bar a long time past since we've been on, okay? And then your third bar, but you never could keep a good man down. Some other people that are advanced lyricists would have rhymed those bars as well as bars two and four, which are people said you lost your touch, so we came back in the clutch. Okay, so they would have done an A, B... A B type of pattern where they were rhyming the bars in between the rhymes. That's not done here again They're not losing any credit for that, but These are things this is why you're gonna see separation in numbers where down the line when people are doing You know two three four rhymes per bar and you know bar one rhymes with bar three and bar two rhymes with bar four These are just different rhyme schemes and things so you know for me they would get a little bit of, of credit here. I would keep in mind that they're showing some sort of an ability to do different things. Um, again, they didn't take full advantage. It's not lyrically amazing. Um, but they're showing the ability to do other things than just one bar, one syllable rhyme.
1: The word is out. we want y'all to know. That we came here to rock this show. So get out to stop that beat.
0: Probably gonna see more of the same throughout the rest of this song and most of their career.
1: Hey, 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 ladies, from coast to coast. I missed all the rest, but I The so woman, I think you ought to know by now. Someone won't waste time. I just broke down. We're back on the one. The people's drill. And if we don't write, nobody will. This one's for you. So listen, close, face the ladies out there. I love the most. And if you love me too, and you feel all right, get up, folks.
0: Okay. Um, I won't stop this for too long, but I just want to point out it's again, it's more of the same. Um, you got one rhyme per bar. You got one syllable per rhyme.
1: We may become a two or two one day, so to your ladies out there, I can't resist. I'll seal this record with a kiss. We want not talk to know that we came here to rock this show. So just get out to take don't let you stop that beat that makes your fingers pop. We came here tonight because you like the party. So all you daddy go,
0: young ladies, work your bodies, get on down. You know song seems like it would get the job done to me at a party but that's that's more opinion which is not involved in this song um we're judging this based on you know the technicality of what's going on in the song
1: like so to all kinds of that make you smile so I'll hop on the bus you can because the of we have is bound, bound to be bad to the people on the floor there's more to come there's a lot more fun. we this came from we, we rock, rock to the max. Max. we do it right why you deserve a break tonight because the weekend is...
0: again just more of the same um the song's continuing on in the same pattern uh you know one syllable rhymes one rhyme per bar
1: when you the want to so check out so remember that a party is on the one, and when you join the game, you have big fun. The word is out. We want y'all to know that we came here to watch fish show. Just get out and sit. Don't let your feet stop that beat that makes your fingers pop. The
0: uh, word is out. The word is out. The word is out. The word is out. The word So now you're gonna have, you know, your last minute and a half or so is going to be mostly instrumental Um, okay so as far as scoring on this song um, I didn't write down what I scored each name of each song it's just an accumulation of numbers Um, but you know right now listening to it um, I wasn't you know, I wasn't really keeping track of, of numbers in my head. I just kind of wanted to explain what goes on in songs. Um, so, you know, for this one right here, it was it was probably an average song. Because um, it's not like the song was a number one hit. Um, that wasn't Rapper's Delight. That wasn't one of their major songs. You may or may not have known that song. I don't know. Um... But you know that was that was probably an average song there really there wasn't any bad lines in it um you know, nothing that stood out to me as terrible um they you know they certainly had lines where uh you could tell they're just saying things certain ways just to kind of get a rhyme in there. um something I always said when i when I started doing this this study was that you can see the difference between people. Just finding words to rhyme and other people finding ways to rhyme what they want to say. So with that said, um, and that song being listened to and stuff, um, I wanted to get into basically some notes that I had jotted down while I was listening to the Sugarhill Gang and then we'll talk about their actual, their actual numbers and what place they finished in out of the people done so far. So, um... I wanted to start off by saying I'm not sure there's anyone who listens to music and doesn't know who the Sugar Hill Gang is, if nothing else, for Rapper's Delight alone. Um, Like some other groups that would emerge in the future, the Sugar Hill Gang made music as a group as opposed to three separate artists working together, which made it near impossible for any separation to be caused. Um, Lyrically, they were all well below average and mostly just kicked simplistic 80s party rhymes. They only released four albums in total, two of which were good, and the other two were average. The group only released 24 songs in total, as albums were generally much shorter in these days. You know, some of these albums, four songs, five songs, six songs, um, the songs themselves were longer. So if you had, you know, six songs that were five or six minutes each, that, wasn't, that was easily an album as far as the time constraints are concerned. Um, of those 24 songs, one was great, two were good, and three of them were weak songs. The rest were obviously average. Um, obviously the Sugar Hill Gang's impact on hip-hop as a whole was big, but aside from influences on a handful of artists such as Eminem, The Locks, Busta Rhymes, and a couple of others, they didn't do anything huge aside from the one song. Um... Aside from seemingly being a product of the times, it would be hard to give anything other than a high score in originality category, considering that they were one of the original rap artists. So what I mean by that is, of course, they didn't borrow or steal anything from any other rappers as there really wasn't, you know, I mean, maybe they did in some street things, but not to our knowledge, as there really wasn't, any rappers that were really out before them, for them to take beats or lines or anything from, but at the same time, you can tell what era they were from. It's not as if they were doing something, uh, you know, the rapping, they were starting their own thing. Again, they're going to get good scores in originality and impact, but I'm just pointing out why they're not getting tens. Um, The rapping was original in itself, but the sound, you know, was a product of that, of that generation stuff like that. So let's get into the actual the actual scores. We went over the formulas and all that last week. Um, it's also in writing at facebook.com slash tail of the tapes podcast. All the formulas, all the lists, all that type of shit is all there in front of you so you can see. So the lyric score they got is at three point five. Now, you know five is in the middle between one and ten so they they were below average um the reason for that being you know basically the the couple of things that i pointed out while we were dissecting the other song that kind of just continues on throughout their career um and you have to understand they may have only had 24 songs some of these artists have you know 200 plus songs um Some people keep saying the same things over and over again. And you have to understand that even if you were doing something super dope, you would still be criticized for saying the same things over and over again over a 10, 20, possibly 30-year career. So if you're saying the same things over and over again, and they're very simple... I mean, they're as simple and as basic could be. If you're having one rhyme per bar and you're having one syllable per rhyme, uh, that's—I mean—that's as basic as you could get. The only thing really that you could do worse than that would be to just say things that didn't make sense, or to have you know lines that that don't rhyme at all, um, or you know terrible type of lines. So you know, nobody's probably going to get a, a zero or anywhere remotely close to that in a lyric score. Um, If anybody gets below a two, I would be really astonished and feel absolutely terrible for myself that I had to listen to that person, but that being said, these guys got a three and a half. You heard in that song how they, you know, every bar almost is said by a different person. Um, They do have, you know, writer's credits on their songs, but it's impossible to tell which guy wrote which line and all that type of stuff, and they're all saying them at, at different parts of the verse and stuff like that, so... Their total album score came out to be 3.47, with zero classic albums. Um, Again, we spoke about how my classic is based on terms of technicality. Um, If you were alive in those times, I could see you saying that some of those albums are classic albums, because they were literally like the only hip-hop album out at the time. So, I mean, I could understand that argument, but... Based on technicality, they didn't have any. Um, Their song score was a minus .83. So they lost a little under a full point in the song score. Um, We spoke about how they had 24 songs. One song was great. So you would take 1 is what percentage of 24. You would get that number. You would take 3 were weak. 3 is what percentage of 24. You would take the first answer minus the second answer. That comes out to minus 0.83. So, point being is that they had more weak weak songs than they had great songs. Um, Impact gave them a a 7.5. Obviously, they have to get a high score in this area. Um, Just based on the statistics alone. You know, the first rap single to become a top 40 hit in the Billboard Hot 100. Um... I mean, you know, obviously a good impact. We talked about how they really didn't have a a tremendous amount of U.S. success after that. Um, But, I mean, they still, you know, they still were the first to do that. Um, We also talked about how as far as music um, and people taking, like, lines from them or beats from them... There was really only a handful of people as well. Um, That doesn't mean too much, in my opinion, because, I mean, everybody knows the Sugarhill gang. Everybody has the utmost respect for the Sugarhill gang. Um, So, if it was other people, you know, and you only had, you know, clear influences where people took your lines and your beats on a handful of people and stuff like that, you would probably get a much lower score in your impact but these guys gotta get a good impact score obviously and originality eight and a half um, like I said it's it would be hard to give them anything other than a high score in originality considering that they were one of the original rap artists. So those are their scores right there. the final rating after all of those scores added up and divided by 5, which is the number of categories their final rating is a 4.43. So, you have Master G, Wonder Mike, and Big Bang Hank, who make up the Sugar Hill Gang, all currently tied for 48th place out of 109 people done so far. So, they're in the top half. They're in the top half right now out of the 109 people that have been done so far. That is mostly carried by their impact and originality scores, but again, that's the point of all of this is somebody's gonna have an argument that these people are better than these people because of what they've done in hip hop. And then you have your other person who's gonna counter and say, oh, but they were, you know, they weren't good lyrically, you know, listen to their words. It's very simple and this and that. Um, or you know, they have a handful of you know, weak songs. Or whatever word that person wants to use. They have a handful of terrible songs, whatever way you want to put it. Okay, good. Well, let's incorporate all those things and find out where they fall. So, 4.43 is a final rating. Again, those numbers could change. as time goes on, I'm only up to 1995 right now. As time goes on, we could see more people take lines and stuff from them. And maybe their impact score goes up to a an 8 and they move up a couple of slots or whatever. Um, but right now, they're in the top half sitting at 48th of 109 artists done. All three of them are obviously tied for 48th as there was really no separation to be caused there. Now, let's move on to Curtis Blow. Also had his debut album in 1980. He was born August 9th, 1959. Uh, He's currently 60 years old. He's from Manhattan, New York City. Uh, His genre is also listed as hip-hop. Years active, 1979 to present. Um, A little bit about him before I get into my take on him. Curtis Walker, professionally known by his stage name Curtis Blow, is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, record film producer, b-boy, DJ, public speaker, and minister. He is the first commercially successful rapper and the first to sign with a major record label. The Breaks, a single from his 1980 self-titled debut album, is the first certified gold record rap song for hip-hop. In 1979, at the age of 20, Curtis Blow became the first rapper to be signed by a major label, Mercury, which released Christmas Rappin'. It sold over 400,000 copies, becoming one of the first commercially successful hip-hop singles. Its follow-up The Breaks also sold over half a million copies. He released 10 albums over the next 11 years. His 1985 album, America, garnered praise for its title tracks music video. From this album, the song If I Ruled the World became a top 5 hit on Billboard's R&B chart. And as most of us obviously know, that song would inspire Nas to... Kind of redo the same song later on, which he also had a tremendous amount of commercial success with. So, again, the influence is there, the impact is there. Now, obviously I want to play a Curtis Blow song and and get into maybe dissecting that a little bit. Um, But, he's very similar to the Sugar Hill Gang, so... But that being said, this song is by Curtis Blow, obviously. It's called 125 Main Street, Harlem, USA. Again, this song is longer than most of your average songs today. It's about five minutes long, this song. I want to point out some things here. Now, Curtis Blow is obviously talking about an area on this song. The name of the song is 125 Main Street, Harlem, USA. So, he's telling you, come along with me and let's take a trip where the scene is tough and the folks are hip. I can't tell a lie because it ain't no myth. I'm talking about 125th. Okay, he's keeping topic here. His song is about something, and he and it's it's staying about something here. Foxy ladies everywhere, skin-tight jeans and jazzy hair. Clothes for the body, shoes for the feet, and lots of tasty things to eat. Okay, he's, again, he's not doing anything special here. Um, the rhymes are simplistic. They're one syllable. There's one rhyme per bar in, you know, almost probably all of his stuff. Uh, same with Sugar Hill Gang. Um, but his song is about something. I wouldn't say that this is a particularly original topic. You know, it's about Harlem. There's literally probably hundreds or, if not thousands, of songs about Harlem. Um, I understand that this is probably one of the first ones. Um, but it's, you know, it's nothing crazy that nobody else w- could ever do again or, you know, would have thought of. But. For what he is talking about so far he's been able to hold the topic we'll see if he can continue to do that for the rest of the song and we'll break down the rest of it okay again the hook more of a band type of vibe Where you're going to just, you know, have instrument solos, and things of that nature for the hooks. For the most part.
1: Okay,
0: so. He still continued to talk about, you know, where he's from. And he's trying to paint a picture of if you went there, what you would see. This is the same, you know, a lot of the same pattern as earlier on in the song. Um, One syllable, simplistic rhymes, one rhyme per bar. But he's able to keep a topic here. Okay, you know that that is, there's a lot of commas in these sentences where he's kinda just saying, me Harlem, Main Street, USA. Um, just just simplistic stuff. Um, it's getting the job done now. Curtis Blow, 125 Main Street, Harlem, USA.
1: Okay,
0: so obviously now he's getting into people. Um, You know, I would have to look into all those people. See if they were all from Harlem. He's naming a lot of different things, obviously, but, um, you know, he's obviously making a point that these people are either from there or have come there or, you know, praise this place or whatever. Um, It's not really particularly about that. It's about the point that he's trying to make. He's obviously making a song about Harlem and he's making a point that these people have some type of tie to Harlem. So he's kind of got a little bit of a bridge there every time at the end of his verse that leads into um, the, the instrumental for the hook. Then he goes back into his bridge for the hook. Okay, so again, that verse was more of uh, what went on a little prior where he was naming people and naming more people. Um, He probably could have got away with doing this a lot. Uh, Harlem's obviously a very historical place. Um, But he took advantage of it and ran with it. and then the instrumental is going to ride out to the outro of the song Um, okay so that particular song now the lyrics themselves were not um, were not above average none of those verses were anything you know particularly special in a fashion where the words alone would raise the score of his song. Um, Obviously, you know, this is number... I hit random on the playlist. This is number 21 on the playlist. So already I would have been 21 songs deep in by the time I heard this song. Um, But point being that at this point in time, if it hadn't already been marked down before, or maybe he didn't on other songs, we'll get into his scores in a second. But on this particular song... He was able to keep a topic for the whole song. Um, again, the song was about Harlem. Um, he, he all his lyrics were, you know, tied to Harlem in one way, shape, or form. Whether he was naming people that came from Harlem, or you know, naming things that you would see if you walked through Harlem, or whatever the case was, um, he was doing it in a very simplistic and basic way. But he was painting a picture about Harlem, and he was successful at that. Um, that song. Again, I'm going to put in the same category as the Sugar Hill Gang song in a sense that maybe you know it, maybe you don't know it. That probably largely depends on how much of a hip-hop fan you are and also your age. Um, But I didn't know the song prior to doing Curtis Blow. Um, As far as I know, it wasn't a major hit or broke any records or anything of that sort that would by itself also raise that song from being anything than an an average song. So point being that in that particular instance, I would mark down that he's shown me an ability to keep a topic from a song. And you know, maybe it gets a quarter of a point or so to to stack in there um, for keeping topic. And then maybe next song, he does the same thing. you know, maybe two or three of those songs and, alright, you know what, one of these songs could be a good song, he's he's able to keep the topic every time um, it's more about keeping track of total numbers here as opposed to what song is great or what song is good or what album is you know, what, like, oh Curtis Blow uh, you know, you scored that album this and his other album this, it's not really about the particular album. It's about the total album score is the point that I'm trying to make. So, if you're continuously doing things and songs that are positive, it it will carry over. You will start getting good songs for these things. Um, I'm just not going to give you a good song based on the fact that you just were able to keep a topic that does not necessarily make your song a good song. Um, so that's probably how that song would have been scored. Um, Again, I didn't write down what I scored each individual song. Just the total numbers are dissected. Um, But anyway, since we did that, let me get into what I wrote down as I was listening to Curtis Blow. Some things that were, you know, noteworthy of keeping track of when studying Curtis Blow. So, I want to start off by saying, hell, I know his name. And I wasn't even born until four years after his first album dropped. So... That's got to be worth something in itself. There's a reason for that. Um, People that were around in that era could tell you better than I could what the reason for that is. It's not my job to decipher that. But I do know that somebody that dropped an album four years before I was born, and I know who they are. There's a reason for that. Um, I found it a bit difficult to call Curtis Blow just a rapper. Um... He sang on many songs. I don't know if people know that or not. Um, even most of the songs that he rapped on had more of, um, you know, a seventies, eighties disco dance party vibe to it, similar to the Sugar Hill Gang. And, and as I stated with them, this is this is a product of the times. This is this is what you know what they were alive during. Um, I'm sure this is what they were listening to. This is what was playing when they were going out to to clubs and parties and discos and all this type of stuff. So you know they were doing what was good at the time. They were doing what they liked at the time. They you know everybody kind of had a particular sound. Um, you know it's a little hard to sit here and call people like this like you know rappers in a sense of when you when you talk to somebody that's younger today about rap like you. you they look at it a little bit differently. Um, these dudes are rappers. Um, their genre is hip hop, so that's you know that's what we're judging here. But again, a little tough to call somebody like Curtis Blow just strictly a rapper. Uh, I feel like he was you know a little more than that. Um, I wasn't around in this era, but Curtis Blow seemed to do a decent job of what he was there for. ...which seemed to be to entertain, get people to dance, move the crowd, and either get the party started or keep it going. Lyrically, however, he was pretty well below average. Uh, Rhymes were simplistic. Bar 2 very rarely seemed to have much to do with bar 1. As rhymes seemed to be said, mostly just because they rhymed. In the song that we just listened to just a second ago, that obviously wasn't really the case... Um, those rhymes had a little bit more of a purpose. He was trying to paint the picture. I thought he did, a, you know, a decent job at that. Um, but in general, throughout the, the bigger picture of his career, they mostly were just being said just because words rhyme. They didn't really have much to do with the bar before it. Um, you know, if you take any, any random rhyme, um, you know, I'm sitting here chilling at my desk I'm really kind of hungry, I'm wondering what's next, it's random, it doesn't really have anything to do with each other, as opposed to me saying, um, you know, at my desk, in my chair I sit, because I got a podcast, I want to record my shit, I'm I'm telling you that I'm at my desk, and I'm telling you why I'm at my desk, they have something to do with each other, most of the time, his bars didn't really have much to do with each other, and they were kind of just random, um, Curtis Blow's six best albums were average. A couple were bordering good. Um, The remaining two were being weaker albums. Um, 16 of Curtis Blow's 59 songs were considered weak, while none were considered great. However, being one of the original rappers, you'd be hard-pressed not to give him good scores for originality and impact. Uh, Aside from just the name that he created for himself... Which, you know, if you talk to any real hip-hop head or hip-hop historian or whatever like that, nobody's going to tell you they don't know who Curtis Blow is. Um, You know, I'm not saying that you're not a fan of hip-hop if you don't know who he is, but I would say that you haven't studied very much on hip-hop. You don't know very much about hip-hop if you don't know who Curtis Blow is. So, aside from just the name that he created for himself... Curtis Blow clearly had a big impact on hip hop as he musically influenced the likes of Tupac, Will Smith, Mobb Deep, Foxy Brown, Next Wonder, Joe Budden, French Montana, Bow Wow, LL Cool J, Cannabis, Nas, Birdman, Biggie, Cool Mo D, Run DMC, and others. Okay, so... When you talk about people that either took lines from him or song concepts from him and redid his songs or beats from him or sampled something he said on one of their songs. The man's impact was huge. Um, Aside from being the first rapper to be signed by a major label, um, musically, he influenced a lot of other artists that came after him. So... It's clear to see that as I spoke about the name he created for himself, uh, a lot of people were listening to him. A lot of people respected him, and even if there was something that they borrowed or took or sampled from him without even, you know, realizing that he had done it prior, it doesn't matter. It's still, it's still an innovative thing. It's still something that he did, and whether you're directly or indirectly taking it from him, you know, it it was, it was influenced by him because he did it first. So, I mean, again. His impact was huge. Uh, Curtis hardly ever borrowed anything from anyone. Not that there were many rappers to borrow from at the time. But, you know, he didn't really take any lines or samples or beats or anything like that from, like, Sugar Hill Gang or any of the, you know, the couple of other artists that were around at that time. Um And he even did have, you know, a handful of original topical songs like uh, Christmas Rap and Basketball. Um, these are things that you weren't really seeing at this time. Again, there wasn't many people around, but you did have the Sugar Hill Gang. Um, you know, you did have other groups or artists that came very shortly after these two artists. Um, you know, Christmas rap and basketball were... Were something different at that time. You you didn't hear people rapping about about basketball, uh, not in the fashion that he did it really, or rapping about Christmas for that matter. Um, he was one of those guys that was seemingly able to take you know random topics and kind of rap about them, which he was one of the one of the first people to do. Obviously, so you know he gets good scores there. Uh, let's get into his particular scores lyrics exactly the same as sugar hill gang uh three and a half i talked about on the intro podcast how him being a three and a half and sugar hill gang being a three and a half does not necessarily mean that all four of those people are identical lyrically um it just is putting again you're going to be putting close to 450 artists inside of a 10 point radius here so you're gonna have people that are going to be tied and stuff like that but in general Sugar Hill gang and Curtis blow were pretty much the same lyrically we we, we, we dissected the songs as we went on um, we talked about the the one syllable rhymes we talked about the one bar per you know one rhyme per bar thing um stuff like that so lyrics 3. 5. Albums, 2. 3.5 albums 2.35. Which is notably lower in comparison, not that I'm comparing Curtis Blow and Sugarhill Gang, that's not what this is about. But they just happen to be the two artists being covered here today, and they're the first two artists, so these are the first time that you're hearing these numbers. So when you hear 3.5, or you hear 3.47, or 2.35, you don't really have anything to go off of to understand how good or bad these scores are. Um, As we start covering more people, obviously, you'll start to see what's low and what's high. So I'm just going to compare them to each other right now. The Sugar Hill Gang's album score was a 3.47. Curtis Blow's album score was a 2.35. So none of them had any classics as far as the technicality aspects were concerned. Um, Curtis Blow, the reason being why his album score was so much lower than... Uh, the Sugar Hill Gang's album score is because of the songs. Um, Curtis Blow had sixteen weaker songs. Um, I couldn't. I did him a long time ago. I couldn't tell you really off the top of my head what those songs were. Um, but I'm sure, you know, re- just remembering the guy as a whole, and even going back and listening to one song right now, I'm sure there were just you know. 10 15 20 songs where the lyrics were just weak um whether things weren't rhyming or whether there were shortcuts being taken or whatever the case was maybe either he wasn't given his full effort or it was filler or you know he, he had a ceiling to to his lyrical cap i i don't know i don't remember exactly but i i'm sure you know i could tell you that there were just some songs that were weaker songs as opposed to the sugar hill gang who for the most part really just kind of made the same, the same music over and over again from what I remember. Um, and that's not really a knock on them. It's kind of just, they were a little bit more consistent. Um, you know, Curtis blow didn't have the rappers delight type song. He did, he did have Christmas rapping and basketball, which were very big songs and they went on to be very, uh sampled or whatever word you want to use uh in the future, but he didn't have, you know, the original hip hop song. I mean if you sit there and say hip hop inhibited inhibit like everybody could just start rapping off of that. Even if you don't like rap music. That's that's the point I'm trying to make is he didn't necessarily have one of those. Um but he did have he did have other songs that were about other things, like the one we just heard about Harlem, the one that I'm telling you, Christmas rap and basketball. He did have these other songs where he did, he did do these, these different things, but he also had some misses, clearly, um, which is why he got a negative score in the, in the song category, because he had some misses, whereas Sugar Hill Gang didn't have as many misses. They kind of would just even keel and kind of did a little bit more of the same thing. Um, Curtis Blow's song score is a minus 2.8. What that means in, in, in short, you know, if you happen to miss the first episode or whatever the case is, we talked with Sugar Hill Gang earlier about the number of songs. So 16 of 59 of his songs, you would take that percentage. That's weak. Um, none were great. So he starts off with a zero there and then you do 16 is what percentage of 59. It's going to come out to 28%. Um... And then you move the decimal point over one place. So that's 2.8. So you would minus 2.8 off of zero. That's obviously 2.8. His song score is a minus 2.8. Impact is a nine. There's really no getting around this. Uh, the guy had a huge impact on hip hop any way that you spin it. If you want to talk about just the name he's made for himself. You want to talk about first, you know, first being signed to a, a major record label. Um, the numbers he did with his first two singles. Uh, you want to talk about the number of artists he influenced, the number of songs that he inspired. Um, the guy's impact is just huge, flat out. It's just a huge impact. So, you know, all credit to him for that. Uh, he did a tremendous job with that. Way more than most could do. So, hats off to him for that. And for originality, he gets an eight. Um, you know, pretty much the same deal as Sugar Hill Gang. Um, The only difference here really is that Sugar Hill Gang kind of had like, you know, what they quote unquote the first rap song. Listen, I'm sure you can go back hundreds of years to when people weren't even speaking English and you had people making, you know, quote unquote rap songs or whatever. But we're talking about what's documented here and stuff like that. Um, You obviously got to get a great score for originality if you have one of the first rap songs of all time. Curtis Blow was obviously not far behind them, came out later the same year, and he did have some, you know, original songs like we talked about with Christmas Rap and Basketball. So, they both get great scores as far as originality. Curtis Blow's final rating is a 4.01, which puts him in 79th place of 109 artists done so far. So... We had the Sugar Hill Gang, who are in 48th place of 109 artists. And you have Curtis Blow, who is in 79th place of 109 artists. Um, you got a lot of similarities going on here. The lyrics are similar, the impact and the originality is similar. Um, both of these, well, all four of these guys, I should say, actually obviously had a tremendous impact on hip hop. Um, in more ways than one. They both were obviously very original artists doing something different than, than what everybody else was doing at the time. Um, so hats off to them for that. Um, I wanted to give everybody before we get out of here, um, you know, I didn't expect today to be too long of an episode, Because, you know, I mean, this is just human nature. This is 1980 we're talking about. I'm sure a lot of my listeners and stuff like that were not even born in 1980. Um, I didn't really expect anybody, especially this early in the podcast, to jump all over this episode. And, you know, hey, let me get on here or anything like that. Um, So I didn't expect this to be too long of an episode. I just wanted to cover these guys. I wanted to give my respect here where it was due for... You know, some tremendous originality, some tremendous uh, impact on hip-hop community as a whole. Um, so that's basically what today was. I'm glad we got the ball rolling. I'm glad we got two artists out of the way. Um, next week, we will be doing Run DMC. Run DMC. Now, Run DMC was a little bit easier to score Run and DMC separately as opposed to as a group. So we're going to cover them individually next week. So next week is Just Run DMC. We'll be doing Rev Run and Daryl. Um, that's next week. And also I set up, I wanted to let everybody know, I set up a donation thing on my podcast. Um, you know, that's not me looking for a handout or anything like that. This, this takes up I would say probably at least 20 hours a week of my time. And that's not even really including recording and editing this podcast. That's kind of just just the, the amount of music and the amount of research that I'm doing. Um, with recording this podcast and editing it, it's, it probably takes up nearly 40 hours of my week um that's not why I'm doing this if if that was the reason why I was doing this I would I would push this thing a little bit harder um you know I would try to get more and more people involved in this um I kind of really just did this out of curiosity and like love for hip-hop and my own kind of mental you know clarity of who I really do think is the best all things being considered um but all that being said, it does take up a lot of my time. Um, I am sacrificing a lot of my time and, and mental energy doing this. So if anybody's feeling happy and, uh, you know, like they want to share, you can go ahead and donate on there. That's on my Anchor profile. My actual Anchor profile is anchor.fm. So that's ancho dot fm slash tail of the Tapes um there's a support button on this like i said if you're feeling generous or you know you think what i'm doing is is worth some type of fee or something like that uh greatly greatly appreciated to anybody who gives anything um this is going to continue you know for as long as i can regardless um as long as time will permit me this will go on for the next five years so um That being said, I want to thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, next week we got Run DMC. They will be scored individually. And that's it for this week. Um, See you guys next week when we cover Run DMC. Tell of the tapes. Might as well.